Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast this week. Today, I am joined with a very special guest who I had the pleasure of working with for a majority of 2023. I want to introduce you to Becca Nichols, my previous mindset mentor, who I'm so grateful to bring onto the podcast. In today's conversation, we dive deep into her personal development journey that began seven years ago when she had a higher calling for more while settling for a career, relationship, and overall lifestyle that did not match up to the dreams that she is now currently living inside of her dream business that serves empower transformation to her clients on the daily. Inside this 60-minute conversation, Becca provides the inside scoop to mastering every step that she took to provide a more in-depth meaning of self-confidence, shadow and identity work, effective productivity, and finding your true purpose. We also discuss the misconceptions of relationships, money, and how these actually mirror your behaviors and personal beliefs, which is where fear and self-sabotage love to come into play. In addition to womanhood, cycle syncing, and understanding our bodies as women to lead with intuition, I can't get enough of this episode, and I'm so excited for you guys to dive in. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Passionate for a Purpose podcast. Hey there, I'm Isabel, certified mindset and life transformational coach here to inspire you along with many like-minded guests who have explored the journey of self-discovery and spirituality. What was once a subtle inner knowing that there was more to life than mediocrity, chances are if you're a high achiever, you know that you're meant for more. This podcast is designed to help you reach your untapped potential through the lens of our stories to help you rewrite your own towards your vision of success. So pick up your pen and open up your journals. It's time we bring your dreams back to a full-blown reality. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another podcast episode. I am joined with the incredible Becca Nichols, who happened to be my mindset mentor for the past six months of 2023. I'm so overjoyed to have her on the podcast this week, as we're going to dive into so many empowering topics when it comes to identity work, energy work, and the overall shape-shifting of the mindset when it comes to building your dream life. So without further ado, Becca, I'm going to ask you a few break the ice questions to have my audience get to know how incredible you are. First things first, as we all love to know, what is your zodiac sign? My zodiac sign is an Aries, which if you are familiar with astrology, will more than likely come through in this podcast interview, but I am an Aries sun, a Leo moon and a Sagittarius rising. So all fire signs across the board. Oh my goodness. I remember like reading that the first time. I was like, this makes so much sense for Becca. <laughs> Top three are all fire signs. Um, next question is what is a story or a fun fact that most people do not know about you or would be surprised to know about you? A lot of people don't actually know that I am six foot one. So I'm a tall queen. And yeah, see, look at your face because when people meet me in person and I'm like the twin towers, they're like, oh my goodness, you are so tall. And I feel like I have tall girl energy, but a lot of people don't know that about me, that I am a very, very tall queen. So that's a fun fact. Oh my goodness. I was shocked to hear that. I definitely assumed you were tall, just not over six feet. Right. That's incredible. 
So you would be, you're taller than me. I'm only like five, seven. I'm taller than most. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so interesting. How, how tall is Ryan? Um, I think five eleven or around six feet. And for a lot of people that would be like a turn off, but for us, it's just so beautiful because I remember the first time I ever went to go meet his family and they were so shocked with how tall that I was. And they were like, Oh, I guess like you can't wear heels around Ryan. And Ryan was like, why? And whenever I wear heels or I'm just like, you know, really strutting my stuff, he's always like, that's my baby. Like, that's my girl. And he's just like so proud of it. He calls me his tall queen and he just absolutely loves it and hypes me up. So it's beautiful. As long as you're with a stable, secure man that doesn't base his worth and confidence off of his height, then it's going to be all fine. Oh my gosh, that's so true. I mean, there's so much stereotypes around like needing the man to always be taller, but I totally agree in that regard where it's like you can be like a similar height um, and you don't always need to go for like the taller guy. I think that's just a stereotype. Last question. This is kind of paired with like an option. So you could choose one or the other or if you feel comfortable because it rolls off the tongue easily there's two questions. So we have describe the season of your life that you're currently in in one word or a major lesson that you learned in 2023. Mm, A season of my life right now, I would honestly say healing Mm -hmm. because I think for the past couple of years, I've been really focused on growing and just being the best person that I can be. And now I'm just really interested in bringing a coherence in with my body mind and spirit and making sure that every single aspect of me is healed Mm -hmm. to the best of its ability I mean we never stop healing but right now I'm being certified as a somatic practitioner so working with the nervous system and the body understanding the language of the body and in that I'm always my own biggest like testimonial and client so In order to do the work on my clients, I first need to do the work on myself and my own body and my own trauma and my own nervous system. And so that's been bringing a lot of healing into my life. And it's been really, really beautiful. And I'm, I'm really actually here for it. So I'm just really interested this year in healing and wellness and all of those beautiful things that come into my life just to bring my baseline up to such a good spot because everything just really flows from there. Yeah. Wellness. I love that. I love that word because I believe we even talked about it a lot as well, because I think it also has that stereotype of just like physical and health and fitness when really wellness has a bunch of different like tangents to it, like multiple different spectrums of like what it could be and what it actually means, you know? So I love Yeah, because there's multiple different pillars of wellness, like there's social wellness, financial wellness, mental wellness. And I think everything just needs to have like a well-rounded approach. And that's what I'm really after is just making sure I am well and operating at that optimal frequency in all areas of my life. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about healing too, I love that it sounds like you're in this like soft era of settling into your own energy and really allowing yourself to be instead of in this constant, you know, drive mode for more. 
you know, mm-hmm. especially with where you're at in business, it it's so easy, I think, for people at your level to go into overdrive and need more and more and more. But I feel like you're allowing it to really like liquidate and constantly compound through this energy that you're upholding for yourself, which is wellness and tuning inward and being the most nurturing to yourself. Yeah, I think I'm making a conscious effort to just be present because a lot in the online space, I just see people reaching milestone after milestone. And it's like, what's next? What's next? And like bigger, better, faster, more, all of that stuff. And I don't want that. Like I actually want to give my nervous system and my body, mind and spirit a chance to familiarize and regulate with where we are right now and actually be grateful for it. Because I think there was a time even a year ago where I would have been absolutely desperate and longing for exactly where I am right now in this season of my life and to be here and be like rushing through it and not even take a moment to look around and be like wow look at where we've landed I think it's just doing a disservice to myself so I'm I'm really not interested in playing that game mm-hmm. and this is something that I know I'm supposed to be doing I know that I'm, I'm in my purpose I'm here doing what I'm supposed to be doing on this planet and so if this is something that I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life what is the fucking rush? Like, I don't know what everyone is rushing towards, right? If I'm going to be doing this for the next 30 or more years, why are we sprinting? It really is a marathon, not a sprint. And that's just my mentality. Yeah, 100%. So let's take us back to how how many years has it been since you embarked on this journey of, because I know like your personal development journey was separate than Mm -hmm. starting a business journey, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess now that we're in 2024, it's been over seven years since I started on my personal journey. And now we're three years into business, which is really, really cool. So yeah, we can just kind of backtrack to the beginning of my journey just to kind of catch people up to speed. I feel like I did everything that I thought I needed to do in order to live a happy and fulfilled and successful life. And in my very early 20s, I reached success, right? Quote unquote success. And I had the government job with a pension and benefits and a salary. And I had moved into my own apartment and I had a boyfriend at the time. And from the outside looking in, I had made it and I felt so much shame because I was not happy and I was deeply unfulfilled. And that really terrified me because I was like my whole life, I've been conditioned to go to university and get this government job and just do all the things that I am doing right now. And I feel really, really unhappy. And I feel very terrified at the thought of doing this for another 30 plus years. And I just had this feeling in my stomach that I know you're familiar with, which is that I just felt like I was made for more. And I felt like this cannot be all that there is. And so from there, I actually went to a retreat that really gave a high level overview of a lot of the topics that I was going to be diving into upon my return home, like routines, manifestation, mindset, body positivity, all of that good stuff. And it also opened my eyes because the two women who were facilitating the retreat were around my age. And I was like, oh, if these two girls can do this for a living, like, why would that not be possible for me? Like, why can't I do that? And so I got home and I just completely 
did an overhaul of my life, which included breaking up with my boyfriend um, and really reinventing myself. And I have just never, ever looked back. There has not been a day since the past seven years, whenever this started, that I have not gotten like 1% better every single day. And to a lot of people, that sounds exhausting, um, but I'm just always learning. I'm always trying to get to know myself better. I'm always trying to heal more. And it's just been the most fulfilling journey. And I think as a result, I am my biggest testimonial in my business because people who have been around for a long time saw me sharing my life, sharing my meals and my breakup and my books and all of these different things. And now I'm in a completely different spot. And it's one thing to share client testimonials. It's another thing to be the testimonial. And a lot of times when people come into my world, they're like, I watched you a couple of years ago, go from unhappy, heartbroken, lost, confused, and now you are thriving and like, teach me how to do this. And I'm like, let's go. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was incredible. I mean, all of those years of personal growth and just being able to say no to the things that were weighing on you from becoming who you are now. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's insane. Um, because I think a lot of us wait for the right time or the right decision to just kind of flop out of the air. Um, when deep down, you know what you need to do, like, you know, the answer, you know, what is going to benefit you in the long run. Right. Yeah. And I think it goes back to, you know, I always see this meme going around of like, choose your hard, you know, like being unhealthy and maybe overweight is difficult and going to the gym and being consistent is difficult. So like choose your difficult. And in that moment, I had to be like, okay, this is very difficult waking up every single day and living this life that feels out of alignment, but also taking these leaps of faith and becoming a version of myself that people don't know yet. And maybe they're not going to like is also difficult. So which difficult am I going to go towards? And so a lot of the choices that I've made have been scary and they have been difficult, but ultimately they have led me here. And I'm just so grateful to be in a position where I feel so happy and so at peace with myself, my life, my relationships and yeah, living in a version of my life that I was dreaming about during those days and during that season of my life where I did feel really lost and confused. Mm-hmm. So you were working like, was it like a 911 operator job? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was living a double life. It was really interesting and I don't regret it. It was such a beautiful way to build up my character and my emotional intelligence, my tolerance. But four days on, I was doing 901 call taking and dispatching shift work like 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., obviously being exposed to high stress, high trauma. Um, and then I would be on my days off healing morning routines, working out, healing, like working on my wellness. And it just felt like I was dipping into these two separate lives. Mm. And again, I wouldn't take it back, but it definitely was an interesting experience. And then there just came a day where I was like, this does not make sense anymore. And I also had a lot of healing to do from the exposure that that job gave me. 
And I still work on that today. I think I was a dispatcher for almost five years and obviously heard a lot of things, experienced a lot of things. And it's really allowed me to have a different view on the world and a different compassion and curiosity for people because there are a lot of, lot of people who don't have a true shot at a good life based on their childhood and their upbringing. And it can be really easy to see people and judge them. But the truth is that we just don't understand the way that they were either set up for success or failure. And so it's really helped me to be compassionate towards other people and also curious about the ways that I can help them which really did push me to become a somatic practitioner and start to work with the nervous system because the nervous system is developed um, by the time we are five. So it really, really depends on our childhood. So it just gave me a, a lot of perspective and a lot of emotional intelligence, which really serves me in my business as well. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, I can, I can't imagine the amount of nervous system work that comes yeah. with recovering from having to regulate other people's nervous systems. I mean, I can definitely tell you are very skilled in just kind of holding your own energy and kind of like emotionally protecting yourself um, on a call like that, you know? Um, but overall, I can imagine that I feel like a lot of people are in that limbo where they want to better their lives. They want to create routines. They want to feel like a better version of themselves. And they're doing this on their downtime when they're not working. But that seems to be like, the hardest struggle is because of this, this standard um, stereotypical path where it's like, we have to be miserable to make money. And then we can only mm-hmm. really be fulfilled on the outside looking in. So it's, it's very conflicting. Um, so I want to ask if, cause you were in that predicament and, and a lot of people are right. Like how were you able to really bridge that gap of being able to take that leap? Is that when you found like coaching and this opportunity of building a business? I think I just really fell in love, as you said, on my downtime with bettering myself. So I was listening to podcasts, reading books, and yeah, I stumbled across my coach. Her name is at Samantha Daly on Instagram. And I ended up taking a um, life coaching program that she had at the time. I also was in therapy at the time, just preparing myself proactively for what I knew I was going to experience as a 911 operator. And so I really fell in love with just bettering myself. And I was lucky enough to have a coach that really saw something in me before I saw it in myself. And she really pushed me to become a coach myself after I had done the work on myself, which I think is really, really important, which I know we spent a lot of our time talking about as well. And I'm sure we'll dive into it today. But my love for personal development and mindset and healing just became so strong and such a relationship that it was just so obvious that it was the path I was supposed to go down. And I just became so passionate about helping other people because I changed so much. And my confidence changed so much, my worthiness, um, some of the issues that I'd had due to my upbringing and just not really having my dad as a massive part of my life as I was growing up, my daddy issues, as I call them, just as a joke. Um, There were so many things that I improved and enhanced and healed. And I just felt so passionate about helping other people do the same. Because I think, you know, now the personal development world is 
is all the hype. But at the time, it wasn't as popular. And I just wanted people to know that the way that they were feeling, it didn't have to be forever. And the way that they were living, it didn't have to be forever. And so I just felt like it was, I didn't have another option. Like I didn't really feel like I had another option. I think that's what happens when you find the thing that you love and the thing that you're meant to do is like, there is no plan B. There's never been a plan B for me because this is what I believe that I was put on this earth to do. And I really pray that everyone finds that and that's going to look different for everybody. Some people feel like they are meant to be a 911 operator. Some people feel like they are meant to be a nurse. And I think whatever that thing is for you, like just finding that thing is so beautiful. And it's like this bond and this relationship that like nothing and no one could ever stop me. Right. And they shouldn't be able to, when you find that thing for you. Mic drop. (laughs) Mic drop, Um, bitches. If you love it. Yeah. That, that is enough for you to, to fully believe in it. And there's this quote that I love and I, I truly stand by, which is like, there is other people out there in this world that are doing a thing that you love, not because they were more qualified enough, but because they just believed in themselves enough. If you see someone living your dream life, if you see someone making money doing what you love, that is enough of a reason to believe that it can happen for you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think something that I promised myself is that I would be a lighthouse for other people. That's like a pillar in my business. And so although I've had to overcome discomfort about sharing things about my relationship, sharing things about how much money I make in my business, sharing things about my standards and expectations, it's been a really big lighthouse for other people in how much money they can make, what they are actually tolerating in a relationship that they shouldn't be. And so even though there are those voices that come up of like, either people don't care about this, or people are going to think you're bragging, or people are going to think you're high maintenance, I just committed to sharing the truth about who I am and the standards I have and the way that my business operates and my relationships and friendships, because it shows other people what's possible. And if my mentors and my inspirations would not have been transparent about that, I wouldn't have known what was possible for me. And I wouldn't be sitting here today in the season of my life that I'm in. So I've just committed to always being transparent about those things so that I can hopefully be a lighthouse for other people. And they can be like, whoa, if it's possible for her, it's possible for me. Because I always say I'm not special in any way. I'm not different in any way. I have just been really courageous. And to be honest, I've just had big balls when it comes to making decisions. Like I will just put one foot in front of the other and I will invest in myself in a way that I'm investing in where I know I'm going and I'm investing in who I know I'm going to be, even when I don't have that evidence in front of me yet. So as long as I'm always thinking forward and investing forward, I'm just creating that momentum in my life and business. I love that. I love the fact that, you know, it's, it's not about like fixating on the outcome. It's about taking the leap first and trusting the unknown and and trusting yourself that you are going to hold yourself accountable to that outcome. And it is guaranteed. Right. So I would Mm -hmm. love to just talk a little bit about this, this bridge, right. Where you went from the job to your passions, right. Something that you found that you love to do. Would you say that your perspective on money like drastically changed and like how, like what beliefs did you have 
working the government job versus when you made the sleep, you took into the unknown and you started healing your stories with money. Yeah. My beliefs about money have drastically changed and I just want to give a trigger warning just because I think a lot of people are probably going to be triggered by the way that I view money now. Um, but when it comes to my business, I've really created a lot of freedom for myself and I'm also extremely effective and productive when I'm in my business. And so I think a mistake that a lot of people make is they leave their nine to five and they go into their business, but they operate on the same schedule and they like force themselves to be on their computer from 7am to whatever time, because they think that hard work equals money and long, long hours equals money. But when I actually started to get into my business and started time blocking and encouraging myself to live my life, because I was noticing that pattern where I was just sitting in front of my computer all day and I was like, this is not freedom. Mm -hmm. I started to see how effective I could be and how much money I could make by working less. And now the actual structure of a lot of corporate jobs confuse me. Because what I would see is that if you have eight hours in a day to complete several tasks, of course, you're going to take the eight hours to complete those tasks. Otherwise, you're going to be sitting there bored out of your mind, just twiddling your thumbs. And what tends to happen in an office environment, and this is not always true for everybody, so just take it with a grain of salt, is that people just fuck around all day from like seven until two and then from two to three or three to four, they get all their work done and then they go home. So our society really doesn't encourage us to be productive or effective. We we really draw things out. And so for me, now that I know how much I work in my business, which is still a lot because I, I love it and I'm really passionate about what I do. But when I see how much I truly work in my business versus how much money I make, and then I look at 40 hour work weeks and how much money you make there, I'm like, wow, that's a fucking scam. Like, that's how I truly feel. I'm just like, wow, that that is a scam because I make like 10x that in my business and I work differently. I work in an effective and productive way. But when it came to actually making money in my business, I had a lot of my own patterns and conditioning that I had to work through. Because when I was growing up, I had a dad that was making a lot of money as an entrepreneur, but he also was never home. I don't have any real childhood memories with him. So I had a belief that working hard means working a lot and also means sacrificing other things and other relationships in your life. And then later on down the road, um, my dad actually left our family and was involved in like an infidelity scandal. And so that was the person in my life that made the most money as an entrepreneur. And he was unfortunately doing a lot of shady and hurtful things behind the scenes. And so I really had that ingrained in me from my own conditioning and also from subliminal conditioning that making a lot of money means that you are a bad person. And so when I started to make a lot of money, I was like, oh no, like why am I not wanting to share these milestones? Why do I feel really icky inside? And I had to do a lot of work about realizing that money is an amplifier for what you already are. And so because I am a good person and I am a kind person and I am a thoughtful person, 
the more money I make, the more those things are going to be amplified. If you are already an asshole and you are already arrogant and rude, money is going to amplify those things. And I really had to recreate that story. And the more money that I've been making in my business, the more my life is positively impacted, the more my family and friends' lives are positively impacted and my clients. So I'm rewriting that story for myself and creating new evidence because my childhood and my conditioning showed me certain things that did not serve me at all. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That story. And just the the bigger theme here of like peeling out the fact that it was really just your internal beliefs with mm-hmm. money that really shifted the game for you, that really shifted the bigger picture and made you realize how much it really is a scam. Like I never even, that thought never even dawned on me, but I do totally see that now with working an eight hour, sometimes nine hour, 10 hour shift, sometimes at a, at a corporate job, at a desk job, or even when you're on your feet constantly, it's like, yeah, it, I feel like a lot of the times it, in society, they don't really teach us to be productive. And it's why when we do come home after a long work week or a long shift, we don't even know how to be productive in our own life. We're sort of just sitting there waiting to go back to the time clock and be productive again. Um, and so mm-hmm. it's, it's no wonder why, um, you know, we can't really get over that hump of what our beliefs towards pr- productivity really mean. Yeah. Our beliefs really run everything. And if there is an area of your life that you feel like you're not where you want to be, then I would just invite you to look at your beliefs about those things. And for me, I said, I wanted to make a lot of money, but my beliefs about money made it so that I actually pushed that away. And I find a lot of people do that about a lot of things, like even confidence, right? Do you say you want to be a confident person and then you're out for dinner and a girl walks in in a sexy outfit and is just like feeling herself and you're like, who does she think she is? Like, <laughs> get over yourself. And it's like, if you're making confidence wrong or bad or evil, of course, you're not going to move towards it. Because you're making that thing wrong. And why would you go towards something that you've made bad, wrong, or evil? If you are not where you want to be in your life, then I would just take a look at your beliefs and just be an observer of the things that come up for you when you observe the people that have what you want. And that will show you the way that you truly, truly feel about the things that you say that you want. This brings up the lovely, endearing subject that I know you are obsessed with. Shall I mention the topic of shadow work? Of course, my bread and butter. I know. Have you seen the the book that's on TikTok going around of the shadow work journal? No, because I just think all of that stuff is bullshit. Becca calls it out. Here's the spice. Here's the tea. It's really interesting because there's a lot of people that are making TikToks and Instagrams and blog posts about shadow work. And as you know, because you have been in my shadow work program, we have to prep our internal environment and we have to get to know our egos or else we're just doing ego work. And I have a round of my shadow work program Unmasked that's being run right now. And I always have a a mix of people who are in the coaching industry and people who are just really interested in, in personal development. 
And a couple of the girls are like, yeah, like I'm, I'm familiar with shadow work. I actually have a couple shadow work offerings, like in my offer suite, but like, I'm really interested in learning it from you. And I was just kind of like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then totally. once we got in to the shadow work program, they were like, okay, I actually <laughs> did not know what shadow work was. I have not been doing shadow work. And one of the girls actually came to me and was like, I removed everything with shadow work out of my offer suite because I actually did not know what shadow work was because true shadow work really does get into your subconscious mind and your human psyche. And that should not be available for just anyone and everyone to search online on a Sunday afternoon. You should be in a safe held container when you're actually immersing yourself in shadow work. So a lot of these like journals and stuff like that. I would say they're probably just like thought provoking journal prompt questions, which is great. But I just wish that more people were educated on what true shadow work is, because I think it's like a fancy word, but a lot of people don't actually understand what it means. Yeah, you could say that again. I love the <laughs> fact that I feel like that happens so often in your world as people it does come into your world and they're they're sort of like, I want to learn about this. And then they're like, oh shit. It really does. Yeah, it's a big theme in my business is just people coming in thinking they know one thing or they are one thing. And then they're like, oh shit. Because I genuinely believe that we can only go as deep with our clients as we can with ourselves, And because I'm so committed to my growth and my healing, I'm not afraid to call it out in other people. Because even if they don't like me in the moment, it's for the greater good for the result that I know that we're going to get. So I am just a lover of depth and going really, really deep because I know the results that that can get myself and my clients and so do I rip the rug from underneath a lot of my clients? 100%. Um, but ultimately they come out on the other side being really grateful for it. And you can speak to that because I definitely <laughs> pulled the rug from underneath you <laughs> for six months. I've noticed that you, you would say that you would ask me a question and I would totally like avoid it. Oh yeah. And there would be so many times where I would try to like reflect on these like shadow work prompts and my brain would just completely go into a blank state. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and, and I remember you saying like your, your ego protects you in a way from mm-hmm. like allowing yourself to really embody that answer or like, how would you, how would you word that? Yeah. So we all have a concept of self and our concept of self is who we think we are, who we desire to be, who we think we need to be in order to get love, acceptance, and belonging. And anything that doesn't match our concept of self, it's our ego's job to protect us from seeing this. This is a story that I tell all the time because it just perfectly represents and encapsulates the way that the ego works. I have a friend in my life that we have committed to being external awareness builders for each other because I cannot always see myself best because I have an ego just like everyone does and we have committed to calling each other out when the other one says something that might be off or might be a blind spot or a limiting belief and the one day in her voice note to me she was like and that was just so weird because I am just not an angry person and I was like "Mm." like my shadow work detectors were just like going off and I was like well All humans are all things that have all experiences and have all emotions. And so 
the fact that you believe that you're not an angry person shows me that it doesn't match your concept of self. So I would love for you to take the next week and just start to clock when you get angry. Because our mind does one of three things. It generalizes, it distorts, or it deletes information that it's getting. And when it comes to information that doesn't match our concept of self, it deletes it. And so she committed to observing when she was angry. The next day, she sent me a seven-minute voice note about all the things that had pissed her off that day. And so she's not an angry person, but she's a person who experiences anger, just like we all do in traffic when people are walking slowly in front of us, when someone fucks up your order. Like You might have a little moment of anger. We all experience anger. It's just whether or not it matches your concept of self. And so when it comes to shadow work, yeah, our ego does not allow us to see things that don't match our concept of self. And so it goes into different reactivity responses, very similar to what you were just talking about, where your mind just went completely blank. It will just go completely blank. It won't allow you to even find the answer. And it's just doing that to protect us because we have obviously learned that we need to be a certain way in order to experience love, acceptance, and belonging, which typically does stem back to our childhood. I really love the way that you just articulated that because it's so true that shadow work is sort of just this blatant concept out in the world where the true work is, like you said, clocking those reactivity responses. Ideally, it's just like your Mm -hmm. repressed self. And it doesn't always have to be negative. It could also be like your most admirable qualities. Like the most repressed qualities are like their most admirable qualities trying to come to the surface. Sometimes the things that are actually positive characteristics about us Mm -hmm. were not praised depending on the house that we lived in or the parents that we had or the teachers that we had. And like an example for myself, maybe other people grew up in a household where like sarcasm and quick wit and humor were not praised and were not accepted. And so then they would meet me and like, that's a major pillar of my personality. And they're like, weird vibes from this girl. Like, don't like this girl because she's just very much all the things that I've been taught not to like. It really depends on the environment that you grew up in about what you actually allow yourself to be and embody. And if you lived in a house where your parents didn't like when you asked a lot of questions or didn't like when you had like big outbursts or didn't like when you talked a lot, then that might be translating into your relationships or the way that you show up in the workplace when those are actually really, really great things, right? Allowing yourself to express in your relationship is probably going to leak into your communication and your intimacy. And that's actually a really great thing, but maybe you're suppressing that because it wasn't praised in your household or Maybe you have really brilliant ideas and you're a very articulate person and you have strong communication, but you don't allow yourself to communicate. You don't allow yourself to raise your hand in work meetings because when you were growing up, your parents were like, you talk too much, just shut up, sit down, go to your room. So there are parts of us that live in our shadow self that are actually really beautiful and that could be utilized in different aspects of our life that we don't allow to be expressed because of the household that we grew up in. So when people think about shadow work, 
they think about like all these dark, like scary things. I wish it wasn't called shadow work. Like, I don't know who made that up, but they think about all these dark, spooky, scary things, but actually like there's really brilliant parts of your personality that come out when you actually do shadow work. It's not all bad. A lot of it is very, very good. Cause I felt like for me, when I was doing shadow work, it was obviously there was like some shame there and there was some negativity, but really I felt like my whole life, I was sort of conditioned as my self-concept to be very hardworking and and very stressed out and very just an overdrive and burnout and stressed 24 seven. And, and there was just so many admirable qualities about me that I would always dream about. I would always think about, I would always feel like I had to repress to, in order to be successful in order to be like, in order to be loved, you know? And, and so I was just hoping that there was a way <laughs> at the end of the day that people would know that shadow work is not just about, you know, healing like the negative aspects of you. It's also Mm -hmm. embracing and and learning to love and shed light on feeling safe for those admirable qualities to come out again. Exactly. Yeah. Which brings me to this subject of self-concept and identity, right? Because this is something that you know, you talk about a lot when it comes to authenticity and congruency and, and confidence overall, because there is this also context that confidence is someone who has it all and has it all figured out and is, is sort of just hyped up to be this extroverted individual who is liked and loved and admired by everyone. Right. When confidence is, in your words too, I remember you telling me this is doing the same thing over and over again and, mm-hmm. and still holding yourself to that standard where you don't fall out on your own promises. You don't fall out on your mm-hmm. own things that you say and promise to yourself. Because when we actually look at the definition of confidence, it's the feeling or belief that you can rely on someone or something and that someone has to be yourself. And so a lot of people really love to blame their appearance or blame external circumstances for why they are not confident because it's easier than looking at yourself and realizing that you consistently break promises to yourself and you consistently do not follow through on your word. Mm -hmm. And that has a direct correlation to your confidence levels. And so anyone who knows me, anyone that's ever worked with me knows that When I say that I'm going to do something, I do it every single time. And I'm very, very selective of what I actually even agree to doing. And also the goals that I set for myself, because I always want to make sure that I follow through on those. As an example, in 2023, I promised myself and made a commitment to myself that I was going to meditate every single day of 2023. And I did it, of course, because I just do not tolerate my own bullshit and my own excuses because I know it has a direct reflection and impact on my confidence levels. And so a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that confidence is all these things that it's actually not. And in actuality, confidence is highly linked to integrity and following through on your word and keeping your promises to yourself and building up that self-trust muscle within yourself and showing yourself that you're a reliable person. And it's been really interesting to see the way that my confidence has changed when nothing about me has changed, right? I look the same. I live in the same house. I'm in the same relationship, but my confidence continues to skyrocket 
because it has nothing to do with anything external of me and everything to do with what's going on internally and the self-trust I have within myself. So people say that they are not confident and they don't actually know what confidence means. This is what essentially causes self-sabotage, right? And so it's it really is just keeping those promises to yourself and also understanding that there is like an internal shift there in order to not look outside of yourself to give yourself the proof or the validation or the acceptance or the permission to, to do those things that you, you said that you were going to do. What are some other habits that you hold yourself accountable to um, that you would say up level your confidence every day within yourself? Hmm, it really depends because I feel I'm really deeply immersing myself in the cycle thinking world right now. So every like every week kind of looks different, but I'm really committed to red light therapy. I have a red light mask that I really, really like. I do do my cold showers. I have my workouts. I have my meditation and breathwork practice. I have my water. I think so many people are just chronically dehydrated. I have my phone boundaries, right? My phone turns off when it comes to social media and all of that stuff at eight o'clock at night, or is it 7 p.m. at night? I actually don't even really know because I'm usually just not with my phone at that time. And then it turns back on at nine o'clock. And it's just all of those little things that really add up, right? Like making my bed, doing my skincare, everything I say that I'm going to do, I do. And I'm just really, really focused on staying regulated and bringing my cortisol levels down and just being as grounded and peaceful and present as I can. So whatever intuitively I feel called to do that day, I do. I really leaned more into intuition recently rather than rigidity and structure, because even though the things that I was doing was really, really good for myself, I would feel bad about myself if I ever shifted or missed a day. And these habits and routines and rituals are not meant to make you feel bad. They are meant to add to your life. And so in different seasons and throughout the month, I'm going to feel called towards different things depending on where I'm at personally and in my cycle. And so I just allow that to be okay and just trust that I'm always going to know what's going to be best for my body, mind, and spirit. And I just make sure that when I say I'm going to do something, I just do it no matter what that thing is. Why do you think so many people have so much resistance doing the thing that they say they're going to do? What is like the common pattern of people self-sabotaging? I think just people-pleasing tendencies because we're not taught to put ourselves first and fill up our own cup first. We're very much taught to be selfless and do things for other people and to be palatable and to be kind. And for me, I wasn't taught to put myself first. And like, you know, you can say no, if it doesn't feel good to you. It was always just about presenting as a polite, vanilla, palatable woman who doesn't push the envelope. And so I think a lot of people feel bad about taking that intentional time for themselves and what that makes it mean about them that they're a selfish person, which is not true, or they're a self-centered person, which is not true. I think just a lot of us, you know, we do live in a patriarchy, like that just is the truth. We've been living in a patriarchy for over 5,000 years now. And so especially as women, it's really hard for us to 
step into our power and take up space and just live authentically in a way that feels in alignment for us. Because I feel like we're just in this constant state of like trying to prove ourselves and trying to fit in. And so we have to like shift that narrative and understand that there is so much good that comes from putting ourselves first and that we are able to have standards and draw boundaries in a way that is still loving and kind, right? I draw boundaries with people all the time and I explain my standards all the time, but I'm just not an asshole about it. I think a lot of people think that if you set boundaries, you're a bitch. Um, But what makes you a bitch is being a bitch. Like it really is just as simple as that. So we're able to set boundaries and uphold our standards in a way that's still kind and that we can feel proud of. Would you say this also kind of falls into the patterns of like perfectionism and procrastination? I mean, those two kind of go hand in hand, but. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. I think perfectionism and procrastination show up a lot in business. And I actually think that that's imposter syndrome and upper limits kind of coming into play because either one, right, perfectionism or procrastination, you're putting off like the thing. So by putting off the thing, you're staying exactly where you are right now under your glass ceiling or where you are comfortable. And so those are all just like games that our mind plays in order to keep us exactly where we are, because if we surpass that we're going into the unknown and so when I was launching my first group program empowered evolution it stayed in my canva drafts for months 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 and I would come back and I would look at it and I would be like oh you know what like I decided like I don't like that color palette and I don't like that font let me change the whole thing and I would just do a whole uphaul and I was just diddle dally and I was just wasting time because the amount that I would rebrand it would postpone the day that I would actually have to step out into the world and start selling and start offering that thing, which was going to change my life. And so whether we are calling it perfectionism or procrastination, we're putting off the thing. We're not moving the needle. And so that allows us to just stay in our safe comfort zone, even if we are miserable there, which a lot of people are. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. That only calls for an identity up level where I didn't. Yeah. It is the rebranding of the self-concept, the person who is able to publish the course, who is able to launch the business, Mm -hmm. who is able to make sales, who is able to trust themselves receiving money in a different manner, you know, because that is, you know, somebody who is procrastinating and perfecting this never ending idea that they want to put out into the world. They fear that maybe this identity up level that they want to become that they aspire to be isn't going to be taken lightly or maybe accepted or loved maybe by the people that they truly think that care about them the most which is Mm -hmm. the scariest part it's a different level of delusion that is required to believe in yourself and believe in your business and believe in a life that you do not have evidence for yet that does not exist in the physical realm yet. And we have to give people grace in, it takes a lot to believe that yourself. So also expecting other people to believe in something that's not real yet is actually asking a lot, right? So they don't have to full wholeheartedly believe in your mission and your business because they can't see it yet. You know what I mean? And so there is this quote and it says, 
work hard in silence and let your success be your noise. And I think that really encapsulates a lot of my business journey up to this point is I made it a rule to not share things with people that I didn't know were going to be 100% over the moon supportive of me. And because of that, I didn't tell a lot of people things. I would only tell my best friend. um, And then when Ryan came into the picture, my partner, I would tell him as well. And so things would happen and people would be like, oh my gosh, like what is going on in your life? Like, how are you achieving these results? And it's because I wasn't looking for other people's validation or encouragement in order to move the needle. And I wasn't expecting them to believe in something that hadn't come into the physical realm yet. So I just allow people to celebrate me when it's here, but to only really rely on myself um, to create that momentum that is needed to work towards something that doesn't exist yet. Would you say community is very important though, which is why the coaching industry is so, so evident, I think, to pursuing that growth, especially if you're trying to build like a business, Um, because say you don't really have a lot of people that understand what you're doing or understand your passions, understand even when you are making money and they're Mm -hmm. sort of looking at you to go back to this path that they're on. Or I think the, the biggest problem I think with many people is that other people have a different lens of them. You know, you, you are always someone to someone else. Mm-hmm. And so trying to break away from that identity of like what they would think of me or what they would think I would say, or what they think I would respond to it's, it's detaching from the lens of other people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And life is just a mirror. It really is. And so, especially when you are someone who is growing and changing and evolving, you're just holding up a mirror to other people. And that can be really well received by people. It can also be very not received by other people because it might show them the ways that they are not changing, the ways that they are not growing, the ways that they're not healing, the ways that they never let themselves go after their dreams. And so I think I can just rest easily knowing that the way that people feel about me has everything to do with them and their projection of the world and themselves and nothing to do with me. And as long as I'm always living in alignment and integrity and being authentic and never trying to harm or hurt anybody, I can rest so soundfully at night because I understand the way that the human mind works and life is just a projection of your own mind and it's just cast upon people and experiences around you. And it has way more to do with the person and way less to do with yourself. So that's been something that has really helped me just step into the unknown and just live my life for me because no one's going to ever fully understand me or my relationship or my business or anything because it's mine and they're not supposed to. This gives me the the taste of the next subject I want to touch on, which is femininity mm. um, with the different archetypes. And I want to touch on, you know, everything that we were just talking about in terms of like people pleasing tendencies and all this stuff is more of like the unhealthy feminine. Would you say that, or what would you describe as like an unhealthy feminine? For me, I think an unhealthy version of anything is the version of you that is not fully expressed. And I think a lot of us just feel like we have to be a flower on the wall 
and we can't express ourselves fully. We can't give our opinion. We can't stand up for ourselves. We can't say when things make us uncomfortable and we are just out in the world really aiming to be liked and accepted by everybody and being very vanilla, very palatable, very fearful, and very much not ourselves. And I think really stepping into your power as a woman is living authentically and living confidently and living fully expressed and understanding that some people are going to like that and some people are not going to like that. And again, it has everything to do with the way that they feel about themselves and a lot less to do with you. And so I really think that an unhealthy version of anything is the version of you that is not fully authentic and not fully expressed because everyone deserves to be themselves and to have people around them that truly love them for who they are. And the only way that they're going to get the opportunity to do that is if you actually show who you are. And so I could say that the best version of your femininity is like when you are bold and seductive and blah, blah, blah. But if that doesn't feel good for you and that's not your true essence, then that's not going to feel authentic. So I think full expression and full authenticity is the best way to to be standing in the full spectrum of who you are. And for a lot of people, what's missing is in that is that they don't even know themselves, right? And that's why personal development and self-help or growth exists because it gets to bring you back to the true essence of who you are and allow you the opportunity to get to know that version of you without conditioning and without wounds and without childhood upbringing things getting in the way of that. Couldn't have said it better myself. So I think just the way that you mentioned that and worded that, even just taking femininity out of it and really just expressing like the true purpose of getting to know your feminine side, would you say that this allows like thriving relationships to align, like finding your soulmate as well? Like when we talk about relationships and finding your person? Yeah, I would say so. I think the best thing we can ever do in a relationship is just allow people to be exactly who they are. And even in my relationship, I mean, you know, this Isabel, but like, if I just stayed in my femininity and like gender role, then my relationship dynamic would look a lot different. Even things that are as simple as like Ryan enjoys to do all of the cleaning and the laundry and all those things. And it's like, I'm not going to tell him that that's wrong because he's the man of the house. Like none of that. I just let what the person wants to do in the relationship and who they want to be in the relationship be what it is. Mm -hmm. And I think people are constantly trying to turn other people into something that they are just not. And as long as both people in the relationship are being who they are and asking for what they need and being open and honest and transparent in the relationship, if the other people, person loves and accepts us and is able to meet us there, then that's going to be a beautiful relationship. I, this is probably not going to be well received for a lot of people listening, but I think relationships are supposed to be easy. And that doesn't mean that they're not challenging times. And it doesn't mean that there needs not to be, it doesn't mean that there doesn't need to be effort there. Because when you're with someone for such a long time, things can get complacent and repetitive. 
but I see a lot of people in relationships that are extremely challenging and difficult with a lot of like up and downs and, and inconsistency and resistance and challenges. And I'm like, that's like clearly not your, your soulmate. You know what I mean? Because when you're with your person, if you're both showing up as the authentic versions of you and being honest about what you need and the other person can meet you there, it just gets to be really, really beautiful. And yes, there is effort, but it's not hard. It's not difficult. It's not challenging. It's easy, but it requires effort. And so that I think is a difference. And it all just comes down to like what you believe that you deserve and just your beliefs around uh, love and relationships. And it's really interesting to like start to unpack. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why the dating pool nowadays is like, they're all afraid to, I feel like commit to a certain extent because they, there is this concept around relationships that it has to be hard to be with someone, but it, maybe that person is just not aligned with who you are as a person. You know, I did want to touch on cycle syncing. If you do have any insight on how that's been, you know, channeling for you. Yeah. Femininity has been a big journey for me and cycle syncing is a part of that. I really think for me, it really came down to the healing and the wellness. And there is a certain way to live that increases your stress and your cortisol levels. And there is a certain way to live where you are living in coherence with your body. And with women, we operate on a 28-day cycle and men operate on a 24-hour cycle. And we are living in a man's world. And our work schedules and a lot of the ways that we live is most beneficial for men. And we really are in an international crisis right now when it comes to women's health. There are so many women who are battling with um, hormone deficiencies or complications, infertility, and so many things. And it's it's because we are working against our body's natural rhythm. And I am just not in the business of doing that anymore. And I've really, really changed my lifestyle around. I used to try to force myself to work out and socialize and eat and be intimate and all of these different things the same 24 seven. And that just does not make any sense because my hormones are fluctuating in different seasons of the month. And when I started to really navigate this, I just started to feel this like beautiful harmony in my life. And it's been so beautiful and so healing. And I even look back on like forcing myself to go to F45 in like my luteal and my menstrual phase. And I was like, what the heck, because it just does not make sense at all. It's not what my body needs. And so I've been really working on um, the fitness side of things, the socialization side of things, um, the nutrition side of things, and just the self-care side of things. And it's been, now I'm going on to my fourth month of cycle syncing and it's been really beautiful and it's been really beautiful in my business as well, just to tap into the introverted seasons when they're required, tapping into the extroverted seasons when they're required, and just living in harmony with my body instead of working against it. And so I would highly recommend um, the book In the Flow or Woman Codes. Those are both really beautiful books for cycle syncing. And I think if you are a woman who is listening to this that has 
PCOS, endometriosis, high cortisol, hormone complications, I would take a look at the way that you are operating on a day-to-day basis and start to learn about cycle syncing because it really is the way that women are supposed to live and it's really transformative. So I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I've been extremely curious of what cycle syncing entails. Um, I know Megan's going to be talking all about it um, and she's just been popping off on Instagram, giving so much clarity on just her transformation and how empowering it is when you really tune into your body and allow that part of our feminine, um, allow those phases of different weeks and phases to, you know, give us the inspiration or give us that sign to kind of take, take a step back and, and Mm -hmm. ourselves. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a very interesting topic I've been exploring as well. So I'm very grateful that you shared that because this is just the beginning of diving deeper with these levels and levels of energy. I want to say for sure, when it comes to like energy work and, and listening to what your body needs. Yeah. I would highly recommend that you read the book in the flow. It's by Alicia Vita. I believe her name is, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I doubt she'll be listening to this podcast. So that's okay. So um, just that (laughs) book is really, really great. And You know, for me, I really love spirituality and energy work, but I love it more when it's backed by science and research and evidence. And that book does a really, really great job of actually laying out the facts and the research of how this actually positively impacts our life in a really profound way. So I would highly recommend that book. I will definitely link it in the description because I'm very curious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you'd love it. Yeah, I I did get this one book from the last retreat with Megan. Um, I forgot what it was called, but it was something about becoming the woman that you were meant to be or something like that. And I think it talks oh, okay. a lot about like femininity, sexuality, cycle, sinking, all of that stuff. Um, as you know, the retreat in Mexico was all about feminine embodiment. And we talked a mm-hmm. lot about cycles and periods. And that was a very interesting conversation because when do women ever like come around in a full circle and talk about that part of themselves? It's, it's, yeah. very, it's very expansive for sure. Yeah, we used to, and we really used to support each other and celebrate each other and even menstruate together as a group and community. But we've just gotten so far away from that because we do live in a patriarchy, as I mentioned. So I love to hear that women are doing that together. And even when I put up a story a couple of weeks ago of asking people what they used, I said like a menstrual cup, um, a tampon, a pad, like, what do you use? There were so many women that were like running towards me and like wanting to talk about like what, what they use and why. And I was like, yeah, this is not a taboo topic. This is not a weird topic. Like women want to talk about this. It's something we all experience. And everyone was just so open about their journeys and their preferences and why. And it was just such a beautiful conversation, but we're made to feel like it's bad or gross or taboo. And it's like, it's literally not. It's something we do every single month. And it's just our way of being. We are cyclical beings as women. And so I love that this conversation is becoming more and more popular. Yeah. I never really thought about it like that, where in a way it literally is you are rebirthing like every month. Yeah. 
you know, it's like you are constantly becoming an evolved version of yourself. And I think society really teaches us when we do have like menstrual cramps and hormonal imbalances and all of this stuff that like, we need to just like sit and wallow in that pain instead of truly allowing like the transformation that's happening within that phase that you're going through, you know, mm-hmm. just crazy. I never thought I would be saying these words two years ago, but <laughs> yeah, I I'm proud of you. Cause I know, you know, it's a, it's a journey to feel yeah. comfortable talking about all this stuff, right. For everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, I know that currently you are promoting, well, you are on, on and mat on mass right now. However, Empowered Evolution mm-hmm. is coming out soon, right? And is that in February? Yeah, I'm going to start on February 5th. So currently I am in Unmass, which is my shadow work program. And I am in a launch for Empowered Evolution, which is my mindset and life transformation program, where I give an overview of truly everything you could ever want to know about the personal development and spirituality space. And then as my business is kind of evolving, I am doing in-depth programs about some of the things that are offered inside of Empowered Evolution. So in Empowered Evolution, we have like an introduction to shadow work, and then I have a whole shadow work program. And there are other things like femininity and money and all of that good stuff that are also in the works right now and that I touch on more briefly in Empowered Evolution. But yeah, Empowered Evolution is in its launch phase right now. And it really, if you want to reinvent yourself and do an up overhaul of your entire life, like that's a good space to be in. 100%. I couldn't agree more. So I'm so proud for whoever's listening to go take a look at Becca's programs because she is a wonderful mentor. Um, And yeah, I'm so excited that we were able to have this conversation and, and touch on so many empowering topics and have this amazing reunion with you just to kind of pour in and get to know even your backstory even more Mm -hmm. and touch on all of these different tidbits that really evolve into someone someone's ability to really become the best version of themselves so thank you so much for your presence and your knowledge and your brain today because truly Becca you are you're a rock star I will say (laughs) thank you so much and thank you for having me on and just giving me the opportunity to talk about so many topics that I love. Is there anything that you would like to say before we close out? I think that people are hesitant to reach out to people after they hear them on a podcast. Um, And a lot of the time, because I have my own podcast called There She Glows, and people will be avid listeners of my podcast and they'll send me a message And I'll respond, of course. And people are like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe you answered me. Like, thank you so much. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm not Kim Kardashian. Like, of course, I'm going to answer you. You know what I mean? So I love to have conversations with people. I love to connect with people. And I make it a point every single day to go through all of my DMs and respond. So I really love hearing from people and connecting with people. So if anything really landed in today's episode, or you have any follow-up questions, just send me a message. And I'm not a celebrity. I'm not too busy. It's not a burden to me. And I love to connect with people. So feel free to reach out. Yes. 
despite Becca's fiery energy, she is a lovely human being. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing too. Is like I can be intimidating because I'm very, very direct, but I am a human that has all things and all emotions. So I really have like a very loving, nurturing side of me as well. And I'm direct and uh, spicy, like when it's appropriate and it's not always appropriate. So when I love that, it's like your splash of personality because you don't see many mm-hmm. people like in the coaching yeah. space or in general, just being that just spicy with like their content um, for sure. And I think mm-hmm. that's what draws in those who are willing to admire your uniqueness and individuality because there's so many, let's be honest, so many people out here in the fluff. <laughs> yeah. I hate the fluff. I like fluffy pillows and that's pretty much 